listening to the Taming Hindrances podcast. Conversations about self-awareness and mental health. We talk about anything and everything on the podcast. Real experiences, real life. Come get triggered. Welcome to episode number eight of the Taming Hindrances podcast. My name is Phil. I'm the host and creator of the podcast, and today's episode is all about choice. Last episode, we talked about the culmination of education, belief, language, relationships, and emotions all leading up to one's own reality. And not to say that that's just the only things that make up the reality in which you work inside of, but those are some major factors. Today is all about choice, though. Reality is a choice. In episode number seven, I talked about how we choose the reality in which we live in. We choose to see things a certain way. We choose the language that goes on around us, the relationships we keep, the emotions that we respond with, the education that we seek out or have let been put upon us, and the beliefs that we hold on to. We are constantly in a state of choice. There are choices all around us every day, all the time. And sometimes we make good decisions and sometimes we make bad decisions, but that's different than choice. Choice is the option. Choice is one of the rare things I've found inside of the mysteries and the writings and the teachings of of different mystery schools and different religions and different philosophies that has both sides to the coin. That is to say, choice is its own balance. And it's very rare that we find things like this in our world. A lot of times we have duality. We have one thing creates another or one thing measures another. And without them, we cannot have either side. And that is the true nature of duality known as balance. And I've spoken before about how the universe is constantly seeking balance. That is one of the universal truths that I've come to know. That being said, choice is one of the rare ones that kind of breaks from this. Choice is its own balance. The option of choice is in and of itself the balance to whatever side. You could choose the negative path. You could choose the positive path. You could choose the right path. You could choose the wrong path. You can make a choice, but that choice has both sides. And I understand that when we speak about choice, we also need to represent the idea that some people feel they have no choice. And that is, that is a possibility. It can feel like we have no choice or no options. So today we're going to discuss a little bit about what I've learned about choice and maybe it'll help you make either your choices better or have a better understanding of choices. And this is kind of a kind of a branch from reality. So there are many different options when it comes to how we want to look at the reality in which we live inside of. There's science and there's religion and there's all sorts of different methodologies for understanding the reality in which we're in. One of those methods or one of those understandings is the, um, the collapsing wave theory, which essentially is 
you have an infinite amount of possibilities and then they are slowly narrowed down to a singular avenue. So at any point in time, there's infinite possibilities across the board and a choice is made that eliminates the majority of them and then maybe another choice is made where that choice alone has now eliminated all their options and you're now on this reality, this, this, let's call it a string. Then you have the paradox theories or the alternate reality theories where every choice has its own string and its own reality that it kind of creates or is out there, even though we didn't decide on them. Um, whichever one of those you want to go with, feel free. That's not for me to really get into at this point, although it is part of the woo and the woo is ever present and we might get into it down the line, but today is really about those choices and how that idea of choice is very far reaching. Every religion talks about the freedom of choice. I have yet to find a religion that doesn't. And have I studied all of them? No. As I will always say, I'm not a doctor. I cannot diagnose or prescribe. I'm not a psychologist. I cannot diagnose or prescribe. I'm not a professional in really anything. I'm just an idiot on the internet. Do your own research. Anecdotally though, I've read a lot about a lot of religions. And I've also studied some of the mystery schools that are out there. And they all talk about this freedom of choice, this option to choose. Well, what is that option? What is choice? Choice is an action. And we're often taking that action a ton of times throughout our day. Choice is minuscule and it's, it's not at the same factor. That's why it is its own duality. It's its, its own singleized coin. It, it controls both sides. It is as above, so below. It follows the nature of the mysteries and reality and the rules that the universe follows, but it controls all of those inside of a single point, which is not often found, as I, I said earlier. And the reason is I find that is because when I was studying all this, I came across a diagram. It's called the Wu Chi diagram. Wu, W, uh, W, U, Chi, C, H, I, or sometimes Wu Chi altogether, W, U, Q, I. Wu Chi, as a poor translation, means before. Um, in, a, in a more direct translation, it's somewhere along the lines of nothing before existence, uh, before there was anything or before action happens. It, it stands for a couple different things. Specifically in Tai Chi, it stands for the point before anything happens. That's known as the Wu Chi. And Wu Chi comes from before even like we were going to practice Tai Chi, before that moment even happened. So you have Tai Chi or the commensuration and then you have Wu Chi, which is the four point, And then you have this, this singularity point in between those. And the diagram is not complicated and I'll try to explain it, but it might be easier just to go look it up. You can look for the Wu Chi diagram. It's pretty easy thing to Google, duck, duck, go, whatever you want to do. The diagram starts as a point. And then around that point, there's a dotted circle or a dashed circle. Then the circle becomes solid. 
Then the circle gets a point again. And then there's the separation of sides. That's what's known as Tai Chi. That's yin yang, often represented by a white circle and a black circle, solid coloring. Then there's the separation of sides, which is what that point is, that culminate into the yin yang symbol. So you have Wu Qi, which is the very beginning. And sometimes I, I will have to mention that that symbol has been used and abused in some ways. So you might find that the, the way I remember it is there's, we'll just make it the simple, I'll use the simple version. The simple version is there's a, a, a point, a, a circle gets put around that point, which is um, usually dashed or broken in some way. Some are, it's just like each coordinate, like, but it's not solid. And then there's a solid circle with a point in it. That's the, that's the, the base one. The, methodology that I came from, the schooling I came from, there was another separation in there, but we don't have to get into that right now. It's not that important. So you have a point, a, a dashed circle around that point, and then a solid circle with a point in it, and then separation of sides, which is the white circle and the black circle. And then the end of the diagram is the yin-yang symbol. And that Wu Qi point, the point before all the other things happen, is the most important part of what we call the balance structure. This is where, this is the diagram in the Tai Chi world that represents that idea of there must be balance. There was balance. There will be balance. Balance pervades all things. There is no way to not be balanced. If something's out of balance, it must be brought back into balance. It's the only way for something to exist in the materium. That's that's the most important part of the statement there is for something to exist, it must be in balance inside of the materium. Tai Chi works inside of the materium. Most systems like physics and all these things, we're working inside of the materium and the materium is the physical world, the reality in which we live in, inhabited by our physical bodies. As above, so below though, so there is a correlation between non-physical body and physical body and we see this in how physics works inside of things we can't see and large solar bodies across the galaxy and things that happen here on our planet. So all of that being said, back to choice. The choice point is when the dashed circle goes around the point. There's a single point and then the dashed circle gets placed around it. That is the moment of choice. And it precedes all action. It is the, the procession point from when there was nothing. Choice happens. Tai Chi commensurates. So there's, there's choice, then commensuration. The commensuration is this, the solid circle with a point inside of it. That is when one has decided to perform Tai Chi. Tai Chi is sometimes translated as the grand ultimate. And there's a, a deeper route there that I later discovered. And that has a lot to do with some very complicated um, politics in the Chinese world from ancient times till now. But the idea of the commensuration 
is one is when one decide or has decided to do something. Typically in this form, it's to take action of motion. That's Tai Chi is a, a breathing meditation with movement. So if we just take it from the martial aspect to give it a little bit more clarity, there would to be nothing. And, and I should say, this is the way I've used it and others might debate me on it, but this is the way I've used Tai Chi ever since I learned it. Or at least this diagram specifically. There is the moment of nothing that, that pre it's procession. It's, it's, it's before anything does it's non-existence existence. All of this shit has happened before this point, And now there's a point and that point is Wuchi. It's, it's everything before and it has been condensed into a single point. Then a choice is made. And that choice brings on the commensuration of action. And when action commences, there's a weighing of sides. There's a weighing of yin and a weighing of yang. And they make up yin yang. They make up balance. You can never separate yin from yang. Yin can be greater than yang and yang can be greater than yin in any given situation. But they are seeking balance. They are two sides to the same coin. They are a duality. They must be in balance. The universe wants them to be in balance. So in a martialist situation, I would see a situation, let's just say when I was bouncing, of an action occurring. Before that action, there was a choice. There was a choice to get angry, to be belligerent, to, you know, yell at someone or to spit at a bartender. That happened a lot for some reason. Uh, try to pour a drink on somebody else. Throw a pint glass. I've seen that. Throw a beer bottle. Get into a fight. There's a choice. That choice happens. As soon as that choice happens, that circle solidifies itself. Now there's commensuration. Other actions will come after this. The methodology of Tai Chi is to find the balance. So that commensuration happens and then they weigh both sides. It's the separation of sides, yin yang. The sides are weighed and the final piece is to bring it all back into balance, whatever that may require. Oddly enough, in the bouncer world, that's a lot easier than most people think it is. It doesn't take a lot to diffuse a situation as long as you come at it from a, a decision point of clarity. And this is really where I'm getting to with choice is that we don't always have a clarity of choice. We always, we don't always have a knowledge or a, a point of wisdom to deduce what choices are available. We're often given like a batch of choices. We're given the normal, you know, set of, you can, you can be this, or you can be that, or you can, you know, just very, you know, it's kind of like looking at a menu. Like there's only so many choices. That's what we think. That's what we're, we're almost ingrained or entrained in, in to, to see it that way, to see our choices based on a menu. And that menu might never change for some people. There might never be a change to the choices that are available to you. I'll get into that in a little bit, but in the bouncer world, there's a fuck ton of choices that no one ever teaches you. You don't have to be an asshole. Really what happened is that commensurate point 
there was Wuchi, there was everybody drinking. Then there was a choice. And that was the step that comes after Wuchi. Someone decided to be an asshole. People can choose to be an asshole. It's totally within their right to choose to be an asshole. Problem is, when you chose to be an asshole, or when they chose to be an asshole, now commensuration happens. Assholeness happens. Douchebaggery abounds. Well, as the outside acting influence to bring back homeostasis, to bring back balance, that's a bouncer's job. Sometimes the bartender's job, they can do it as well. Bartenders are, are very capable at picking out assholes and cutting them off before that happens usually. But in this example, the douchebaggery abounds and, well, now there's commensuration. Action's going to happen. The differentiation in my eyes between someone who understands a situation and someone who doesn't understand a situation is knowing that there's a fine line of action. There is a fine line to choice. They may have chosen to be an asshole, but overreaction is hindsight. To overreact only gets measured in the very end. So the action is to bring back balance with the least amount of action. Action happened, which now we have reaction. That's the separation of sides. Yin balancing yang. How is too much yin, too much yang? You know, is it too much emotional response? Yin, too much physical response? Yang, how do we, you know, and then to find the balance point. You can do that by knocking somebody out if you really want to. Deck them and drop them. That's probably not the right answer. That's the wrong choice in that situation. Because now you might have escalated the situation, which means you've now taken everything back out of balance, created a new wuchi, which is everything that happened before you knocked that person out, and then made your own choice to make a new commensuration, which might lead to that individual standing next to them, punching you in the face because you just knocked out their best friend. This is where choices matter. Choices have matter in some ways. So as the progression goes in this bouncer story, one can react. One can react to the assholeness and the douchebaggery, and they can do that, in my eyes, very simply by finding whatever's going to balance. And typically, it's just, hey, time to pay your bill and go home. That's as easy as it can be. That just brings it all back to balance. Now, from that point, We've created a new Wuchi. We've created a new before. And the person can make a new decision. They can make a new choice. And I often find that this, this option of choice is something no one's really ready for. They're not ready to make a new decision, which is often why they make another bad decision because they're just on that linear regression. But that's the, that's the stasis of how Tai Chi, that diagram moves forward and why that, point of choice is very important because it's not solidified yet. We had Wuchi, we had everything before, and now we have the progression. Decision is going to be made. Choice is going to be made. The, the point of commensuration is really the decision in and of its whole, but the choice, the reason it's in the, uh, the reason it's 
the the point surrounded by the dotted circle and not a whole circle yet, not a solid circle, is because choices are infinite. But again, we've been led to believe we have this menu we have to choose from. And that has a lot to do with the reality in which we are living in or the reality in which we're seeing the world through. If you're drunk or high, not saying these are bad things, just saying they're things, you might not be at a good point to be start making choices, or maybe you are. I've seen both. It depends on the person. It, dep- it depends on how they're reading the menu. What type of menu do you have? Think about the choices you make regularly or the choices, the big overarching choices you've made in your life. What kind of menu are those? What did they look like? What, what is the menu made of? Is it hot dogs and hamburgers? Is it fine dining? I'm not judging either way, but has it ever changed is really a better question. Has your menu ever changed? Have you changed the menu? Have you tried? Have you tried to pull up the list of choices and go, no, I reject all these stupid fucking answers or choices to make. I want better ones. And then tried to gather those. This was a big turning point when I was looking at my depression and, and specifically inside of my depression, my suicidal tendencies. I have always chosen to not fully commit suicide. I have on umpteen accounts chosen to harm myself. My entire martial arts career was failing, mostly failing because I liked getting like getting beat up's one thing if you don't choose it, but when you choose it again, the Buddha said life is suffering. When you choose how you suffer, things change a lot. Choose choice. Choosing to get, you know, my ass kicked in a martial arts class was that was like, that was a way of abiding to my, my tendencies to hate myself. Like, oh yeah, come cause me physical harm. Yes, I will cause, I will even cause myself physical harm by letting you hit me more. And not, I would, I would rarely attack back. I'm, I'm more of, I'm far more of a defensive martialist. When it comes to martial situations, I usually go into a defensive situation. It's, I was, I was trained that the, the first, and this is all based on choices again. This is why I'm bringing it up. They who strike first dies first. That's, that's the way I was taught. And that's not to say that the person who strikes first can't win. It's I was taught that if someone causes, is, is going to cause me harm, I'm in a defensive state. And the best defense is to stop all aggression. Bring it back to Wu Chi. Aggression, the decision to, to aggress has happened. They made the choice. They have used yang as their weighing factor. I'm going to stop that with an overwhelming assumption of yin. I'm going to cause extreme harm that stops them at an emotional level. That's what I was taught. They who strike first dies first. You have now unbalanced the situation by attacking me. I'm going to rebalance the situation by making it so that you cannot attack me anymore nor anyone around me. And also that I do not need to attack you further. That might be a broken arm, a broken, some sort of broken body part at the most extreme level. It's to kill them. 
that's what I was taught. I was taught if someone's going to kill you, they've now broken the sacred pact of no, 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 no. We're in balance. We're in harmony. Nothing's bad going on. Now it's time to kill them. That's, it's balanced. The eye for the eye, that kind of stuff. Like that was the methodology I was chosen. So, well taught. So inside of that idea to bring on balance, it was very specific that I looked at choice. And although I harmed myself by choice in martial arts, I still do by getting tattoos. I like that pain. I like that comfort of that. I always chose not to fully commit suicide. And that's not for lack of trying. I did try to overdose once and my cutting was getting quite bad towards the end that I'm sure had I not been as weak as I was then mentally willed wise, uh, it probably would have progressed into an actual full, actual, you know, trying to cut my wrist open fully. That was because I, I don't like to bring luck into it, but when I was a actual physical cutter, when I was cutting myself, I was weak. I was very weak willed, weak minded. And the pain wasn't as the pain had a comfort to it, but it wasn't quite to the point where I wanted even more of it. So that was what stopped me from trying to cut my wrist open fully. It was, and also there was the, weirdly enough, there was the, the fear then of failure. Had I let that progress farther, I imagine I would have made a much better attempt as my mind and my, even my physical cope, even my physical ability to, to cope with pain or at least latch on to pain became greater, that probably would have progressed farther. But again, somewhere along the line, there was this choice not to fully go away on with it. That is not to say that I have not made the choice. Again, I failed once by trying to overdose and not, it didn't happen. Uh, I just threw up the pills I took because my body's just smarter than I am. And also I had a bunch of stomach problems back. I used to have stomach ulcers from, I broke my femur in a car accident. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that, but broke my femur in a car accident. Um, and then ended up with a stomach ulcer from all the Percocets and shit they were putting through me. Cause I just have a really high tolerance to pain meds. And then, so trying to overdose on those Percocets, mm, my stomach was like, no, we don't want these in us. So, bleh. so that stopped that. Um, and then there was, I don't know how many, but I, I can, re I can reference at least two nights that I specifically remember willing myself to stop breathing, just to stop breathing and just not wake up the next morning. And I don't know if I can classify that as an attempt of suicide, but like, there was the absolute want and will to the point where I stopped breathing and passed out. I still woke up in the morning because that's how that works usually, but it was not for lack of trying. I, I literally was like mentally meditating and focusing on stopping my breath to slow my heart rate to that the point that I was hoping I would have a heart palpitation and then die. Those cho those choices were made. Repetition is the mother of all skill and failure is its father. I failed. Some people would say that's a happy failure. I don't really classify it. I failed. I learned from my failures. I learned that there was this methodology of choice. 
there's always correlation. Something happens once, fine. Something happens twice, maybe it's coincidence. Three times, that's correlation. And I have a history of correlating choices that did not lead to suicide. In fact, the correlating choices were always to seek more answers, seek more knowledge, seek more wisdom. So I ask you, what are the choices you make regularly? Again, what is that menu? What does it look like? I finally got to the point where I looked at the correlation of the choices that I was making and realized not so much like, yes, I don't want to exist. But what choices do I have of that situation? I can choose not to kill myself. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's a choice, right? I can choose to kill myself. Okay. That's a choice. Are those the only two options on the menu? Is that really it? Well, that's some, that's some shitty choices, right? That's like, that's not a lot of options. And look, I get some people out there don't like options, but like two options, maybe let's give it a third, right? There should always be a third option. That's balance to balance, right? So if I have two balancing points, they balance each other out. But as far as choices go, this is where choice is a little bit different in how it works with balance structures is that there cannot be an equal amount of choices. There can never be an equal amount of choices. Because if there's an equal amount of choices, then there is no choice. There's a decision. There's finality. And there is no finality to choice. That's almost its balancing piece, is that choice is chaos. And chaos has no finality. Creation and destruction, The if we're looking at the primordials, and now primordials comes from a, a methodology of alchemy and ether physics and the progression of alchemy into the mystery schools. Um, and I, I will hopefully get into that at some point, but right now I'm just describing, if you look at primordials, which is from the alchemical side of things, the primordials, there's multiple to be debated, but the three major ones that are always referenced in any of the schools of mystery that I've read in most religions in most philosophy cases, the three major primordials are creation, destruction, and chaos. And chaos has no finality. Creation is final. Something is created, it is thus final. Something is destroyed, it is thus destroyed, it's final. Chaos, no finality. Chaos in most religions is described as choice. It is the freedom to choose, manifest destiny, these types of things. It's the idea of choice is chaos. Well, I learned I embrace chaos. I like choices. I like when other people make choices. I think it's interesting. People make choices. That's something I was taught by a friend of mine. People make choices. I love that statement. It's that simple. People make choices. I was choosing not to commit suicide. On the rare occasions I did, the outside influence was, in reality, the decision was no. I made the choice, commensurate action, yin-yang balance, yin-yang factor, no death. Okay. Well, if I tried and I failed, 
I have to look at the situation from a different perspective. What perspective am I going to change? Am, am I going to change my emotional response? No, that, that that wasn't a response I was changing. I still felt down. I still felt, you know, the deep, deep, dark, abysmal nature that was my depression at the time. But again, this is at the same time that I was realizing that there is no negative connotation to this, that I could use this depression to better understand these choices that I had. I could look at a different menu. So if I only had two choices, well, that's not really choice. So the options had to expand. All right, well, there was die or don't die. What's in the middle? Live? Well, that gets into a complicated conversation of what living is. And that's almost defined by the reality we were talking about last episode of all these different amalgamations of things that create a reality in which we're living inside of that doesn't explain choice. So I had to look further. I looked at chaos as an incarnate, chaos as an option, chaos as an idea. Where does chaos come from? There's plenty of answers to that if you go looking. The problem is they're all anecdotal and they're all based on factors of belief or in some cases faith. And there's a big difference between faith and belief. Those factors of chaos, be it from the Greek tragedies, if you want to read those, uh, from the, you know, pick a religion, they talk about chaos in there somewhere. A lot of it has to do with chaos and destruction. And what are these, I'm sorry, a creation and destruction. What are the, what are the forces of creation? And what are the forces of destruction? I like alchemy because alchemy breaks it down to even bigger, more branches. And I, I like, I like that. I like depth. So I chose to look further into alchemy and alchemy gets into a bunch of different places Alchemy can be seen in a bunch of different places. Alchemy is used in the Wiccan religion, the Wiccan, Wiccan practices. Alchemy is used in pagan practices. Pagan practices are used in Christian practices. Christian practices are used in other... There's this, all of a sudden, this web of strings that all kind of connect, and they all lead to these primordial ideas, and the primordial ideas all the way back to saying that primordial energy or primordial factors are based on choice, that there is choice, that that is somehow part of the Wu Chi. It comes before Tai Chi. It comes before the commensuration. It comes before the solidification of the decision. There is choice. There's always choice. We always have a choice of what we're about to do next. And oftentimes we find ourselves making bad decisions. Doesn't mean we made bad choices. We really have to separate a decision as a finality. It is the destruction of options. And then sometimes it's the creation of options as well. But there's a finality to the decision. That's why the circle around the dot becomes solid. It is now solid. It is a commensuration. It's a starting point. The commensuration of Tai Chi is when you go and you stand and you separate your feet. That is the commensuration of Tai Chi. You've now decided to do Tai Chi. That's the point. The point in time of commensuration of meditation is when you take the first breath in which you are, you are 
actually focused on your breathing. When you, when you, let's call it look inward, whatever you want to call it. When you first consciously take that first breath, knowing that you're going to consciously now control your breathing, that is the commensuration point, stepping off point of meditation. That's when meditation first begins. It's the beginning point. It's the starting point. But there are things before that. And I didn't really grasp that understanding until I looked deeper at where my depression manifested itself and how that sometimes came from places I hadn't made decisions yet. I still had choices. I still could choose some things that I hadn't really solidified as, as actual beginning points. What did I believe in? What was my overarching thought process when it came to the universe as a whole? The fun part about getting into a deep, dark, depressed state, I find, is that it's a great place to do some thinking. You know, when you turn off all the lights and pull the blankets over your head and want to ball your eyes out, it's a great time to just choose to think about things. And yet, Sometimes it's going to be ridiculously sad and it's going to be ridiculously painful, but it's a choice. You get to choose. You get to choose the outcome sometimes. Sometimes outcomes are pre-set in factors because there's too many outside influences. That's going to school. Your choice is, yes, to go to school, but the predefined factor is they have a, a lesson plan for you to learn. That's how education is based. In my eyes, true education is throwing that fucking lesson plan right out the window and going out and seeking true knowledge. And the true knowledge I was trying to figure out was, what the fuck do I believe in? What happens to me after my death? Religion has been trying to answer this forever. And there's a good reason for that. We kind of need to know. We, as a humanity, as, a, as an individual even, we want to know, or we even need to know, what comes after death. What is it? What happens when the physical mortal coil dies? What happens? Do we just not exist? That's a possibility. Do we go become a star? Does our consciousness evolve? Does our consciousness get replanted into another body? Do we go to a place called heaven? Do we go to a place called hell? Do we go to, into some null space? What happens well, I've spent a lot of time looking at that and what does happen after the physical mortal coil death. And I've come to my own conclusions. The problem at the time was that I was not choosing what I really believed in. In some cases, I was allowing other people to make that choice for me. And that is where I believe we must be careful about giving up the option of choice. We really need to even as a societal whole, be very, very careful about when choice is given to someone else or given to a group or yes, sometimes it is best for the most intelligent person on the subject to be making the choice. That choice that predates that, the choice that comes into allowing that person that power very important. In most democracies, they call this election to make a choice. 
and it's taboo to talk about elections nowadays, but that is a choice to give up power of the many to individuals or to a group of people. And that should not be taken lightly, nor should it be taken lightly even in the minute family factors of giving someone the choice of what's for dinner. Choice should always be coveted because choice is a primordial. Choice is chaos incarnate. And if we don't, tr- if, if we don't try to control chaos in some way, it will manifest however it wants to. And that's not to say you can control chaos. Chaos is an uncontrollable factor. It's part of why we call it chaos. The idea, the, the manifestation of chaos. It's choices. Choices cannot always be controlled, but they can be made. That's why it is its own balance. It is its own duality. Choices are in and of themselves balance because they predate it. They come before it. The necessity for balance is because choice exists. So the universe will always be trying to find balance. In etheric physics, we call this pressure motivation. Pressure motivation is when we have two pressure factors trying to seek balance, equilibrium. This happens in weather systems all the time. We have a high-pressure system and a low-pressure system. The high-pressure system tries to take over the low-pressure system and create a homeostasis, a, a, a quality, equal form of pressure. That's pressure motivation. Pressure motivation is the response to a choice. And it, at times, other choices and outside influences can happen that Put that all in a wonky aspect. It happens all the time as you're a bouncer because somebody punches somebody else in the face and you have to step in to stop that. Somebody sees that and thinks, oh, it's a great idea. I should punch that other person in the face now. And it just becomes this chaotic situation of stupid decisions that came from a bad understanding of choices. People often, again, are left with this like small list of choices they think they get to make where those are the only ones. It's not usually true. There are so many other choices out there. I chose to sit down and look at my belief structures and what I think is my reality and really look at the choices that I get to make. And then I found there's a choice that I might not actually have control over. And that's the one I focused on because I had somehow, some way, lost this option of choice over this idea. And it drives me mad. I still to this day cannot figure it out. I believe, and I'm not saying you have to believe, this is just what I believe. I believe there's enough anecdotal evidence and I've read enough stuff to show there's a strong correlation towards reincarnation. Even if that reincarnation is the existence of in the Christian world, the pearly gates, you have to go talk to some dude at to relook at your life again. They have that in Islam. They have that in Judaism. They have that in many other religions. Even philosophically, there is a moving, a differentiation between the physical mortal coil and consciousness and consciousness is pervasive. If you read Iamblichus's, uh, what is the name of that book? Iamblichus uh, wrote uh, The Vessel of the Soul. And I'm going to butcher this, 
but you know, I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to give a, a single point that I got out of that book. There's a lot there, but a single point that came out of that that was very important to me that I grasped onto was a massive separation in philosophical nature between the mortal coil, the body being a vessel and the consciousness or mentality or soul, whatever you want to call it, being completely separate. There are two separate things. I latched onto that idea. I latched onto that idea a long time ago, but reading Iamblichus really sent it home. Um, that being said, that's just my belief structure. I believe there's a strong correlation towards reincarnation. And inside of that reincarnation, there's a lack of choice. I don't want to fucking reincarnate again. I'm done. I'm done. I've had enough. But I don't get to make that choice, apparently. That's part of the whole system. And there's multiple different ways to look at reincarnation. There are many different decision factors. Again, choices that have been actually made and make a decision to separation. There are many different factors. We'll just say in reincarnation, when you look at the different systems and teachings and there's all sorts of stuff. If you look at the Egyptians idea, which we have physically seen, we've seen mummified bodies. We've seen sarcophagi. We've seen the temples. We've seen these burial practices. We've studied them. If you look at the methodology in which they're using, they're trying to give themselves choice. The reason that it was so taboo to disturb a tomb and the reason that tombs existed for the pharaohs is specifically designed to give their consciousness a place to return to. And then all the wealth and all the other items there are to bring about an quote-unquote energy that will sustain that ideology. It will sustain that their physical form will still be represented here in this plane on this planet, in this material, this reality, so that they can come back to it. They can reference it. Because after the consciousness leaves the body in the Egyptian mentality, it goes on this journey of light. And it's been explained different ways. Some say a rainbow of light. Some say a factor of light, a prism of light. But it's it's essentially an idea of there's this, this pathway of light that goes off into the stars. And then it bends and moves to wherever it's supposed to. And inside of that, there's a whole bunch of other stuff but that's the basic idea is that it, the consciousness leaves the body on this pathway of light and it is a pathway. It's a path to be traveled. And then if they do things correctly, they will still have the link to come back and view and represent this material, this reality. And that's, that was the whole process, the whole belief structure, the ideology of the, the tombs to preserve the physical body for as long as possible mummification to provide it with spiritual energy, 
which is why offerings would be left. The tombs were there. There's a couple different options. One, the tomb was sealed with servants, cats, food, all sorts of offering left there. And then others that there was a place to present new offering or new food items or new stuff. And we see this throughout multiple different religious structures or I'll take religion out of that. Cause I like to remove the religion from the conversation sometimes most of the time and put in burial practices. And a lot of the Eastern burial practices, the, the place of rest is a gateway. It's very common in the Eastern world to go back to a relative or loved one's burial site and have a conversation to celebrate that idea. Most of these um, cultures have a day of mourning or a day of the dead or a, a day of, of, you know, soulless rest or soul's rest. There's a day to go and provide new energy to the burial place. Oftentimes in the form of flowers or jaw sticks, which are incense sticks or, um, gold and silver, precious metals are often offered or, or, you know, bronze was a, a particular one. Water, super important one that gets overlooked a lot that to, to leave a bowl of water. And the methodologies here was to, to present an energy source that the, the, or if you want to go farther into the spiritualism or spirituality and those types of things, this is the idea of a, a medium, a psychic medium is to present a pathway by force of nature or energy for one to return. If that connection can still be kept, that was the entire ideology of the Egyptian mummification process and burial processes. And it has also be seen in other burial processes as well. These are choices. I'm getting, you know, I know I, I get long winded and I go off topic, but there's a choice there to go against that idea. And that's really where I ended up. I ended up at this point where I'm like, I don't, I'm done with reincarnation. I'm done with it. But I want to be able to make that choice. And I don't know how. It's a choice I couldn't make for myself. And that, like depression, is a very powerful tool you can use. That frustration that comes from not being able to make the choices you want to make or not to have the option you want to make that choice can be very powerful powerful motivation to grasp onto and use. It was so great for the Egyptian emperors that they made entire burial structures so that they would still have that choice. Other people gave their lives, servants gave their lives so that that individual may have that choice to return if necessary or if possible. That's a powerful choice. That's a powerful methodology. It's powerful ideology. And that's where choice is so important. Chaos is a primordial energy. It's a, it's a massive factor. So we must be mindful of our choices. And we must be mindful that these choices can change. In fact, choice equals change. And change is always possible, just like choice is always possible. Does change always occur? No, it might be minuscule. It might be small. And I'm going to talk about that probably next episode to be completely honest because they go together. 
But that idea of choice is not one to be given away lightly and one that we should really strive to understand a little bit better. So I ask you, what are your normality of choices? What is your normal menu look like? Can you expand it? Should maybe you shrink it a little bit? What changes need to maybe happen to that, that list of choices? Mine, again, changed from wanting to die to understanding that the choice of death might not benefit me. If I just kill this body and I have to do this all over again, I don't want to. I'm seeking a deeper set of suicide, to be completely honest with you. And maybe that'll turn some people off and maybe people want to call me crazy. I'm seeking an end to my consciousness. I've had enough. I've been around enough. I've done enough. I'm content with it. The only way now to make sure that happens is to, to study more, to understand more and figure out more, find new options, make new choices, find new choices. And to do that, it's the complete opposite of killing this body. I need longevity. I need as much time as possible in this mortal coil to get as much time as possible to maybe figure out what the hell's going on. And it's, it, it could be at the very end that that's not an option, but damn it. I'm going to try because that's the choice I'm making. I'm choosing to leave the destructive choices and maybe start making some creative choices. And those creative choices might have create creation. They're creative choices. That's, we have the ability to create. We have the ability to destroy. These are choices. Chaos is choices. That is to say that creation and destruction can both be wrapped up into chaos. Chaos is everywhere. It pervades everything. It's like the fascial system of the human body. The fascia pervades all muscle, bones, tendons, ligaments, nerve endings. has 10 times more nerve endings in it than the rest of the body combined. That's another conversation. But chaos is like the fascia system of reality, of the universe. And we can name it all sorts of different things. Pressure, motivation, that's balance, you know, but there's this chaotic force, this chaotic nature. I like to call it choice when we're talking about self-awareness and mental health. That is the chaos. The chaos is the choices we get to make, but we get to make them. You get to make choices. People make choices. Do you feel the choices you've made are bad choices? Have they led to terrible outcomes and bad decisions? Can you change that? Can you change one of them? Is your depression so predicated on the idea that you're a fat piece of shit? Because mine used to be. I fucking hated looking at myself in the mirror. But it took to the point of me looking at myself in the mirror and going, you fat fuck. You're such a piece of shit. To make better choices in my health. And even that didn't stick very long and it would come back and it would yo-yo and blah, blah, blah until I made a full choice that I need to strive for longevity in my human mortal coil so that I can better understand what this whole reincarnation thing might be about and all those energies and all that conversation that I could hopefully get to make the choice not to do it all over again. And I'm not trying to like do the whole thing where you go off and become a star or some shit. I just, no, I just want to stop being, I want to stop existing. My entire fiber of my essence is hoping, wishing that I get to choose not to exist anymore. To 
fade off into obscurity to never have been and never to be again. That would be wonderful. It sounds as peaceful as a rainy day. Rain is the softest, most peaceful weather there is. It's a great time. I choose to enjoy the rain. I choose to enjoy a rainy day. What choices are you making? What are you choosing to be? Who are you choosing to be? Are you choosing to be someone you don't want to be? Stop choosing that. Choose something else. Pick a different route. Fail. Then pick another one. And then fail again and pick another one. And just keep fucking going. Because those are the choices you're going to make. Don't you want to see the other outcomes? Don't you want to have a choice? Stop giving up your choice. Stop giving it to others. That's part of the education, belief, language, relationships, emotions, the things that make up reality. Stop allowing others to define your reality for you. Start choosing to define your own. And start choosing to understand that it's okay if that reality is fucking terrible and you need to change it. None of this is set in stone. That's the idea of choice. That's the whole point it exists because nothing, nothing's set in stone. There's always different options. And the moment when things come to a conclusion, there will be balance. That is a universal rule. So the choices matter because the choices are what's creating the balance. And if you sit back and you slow down just a little bit, you take a little time and just give yourself a moment, maybe those 10 breaths I've talked about before, in through the nose, out through the mouth, hot breath like you're fogging a mirror to calm down, cold breath like you're blowing out a candle to get hyped up. If you take that time, that step back, and look at the choices that are being presented, you might even be able to choose another option those choices aren't good enough. Those choices don't represent who you are. Those choices don't represent who you want to be or who you need to be. Because you get what you need, not what you want. Not to say you can never get what you want, but you're always going to get what you need. If you need to be different, you get to choose that. That's a choice. You can choose to be different. I choose not to try to kill myself anymore. It's not that I don't choose to think about it now and then though. Still sounds kind of nice in my mind. But I also choose to use my depression as a tool. I choose to use it as a way of connecting with others and seeing how the world works in my mind and to give some sort of, a little bit of shade to everything else. To maybe not believe it right away. I give my, I put my depression over top of it and say, mm, do I believe what that person just told me? It's a little bit of skepticism. That's part of my depression is to be a little bit of skeptic, be a little bit of skeptical about everything to doubt, to question, to seek answers, to seek knowledge, better yet seek wisdom, to use better language, to have a better understanding of language, to define my belief structure by educating myself regularly and being very mindful of the choices I'm making in the relationships or the relationships I choose to have. Throughout all of these things, I've talked about in episodes two through through six and even in seven, I, I talk about there's options for choices. Choice is a very powerful thing that we need to take more control over. And we need to be a little bit more mindful of. 
you might even say that self-awareness in and of itself is a choice. You can choose to be self-aware. You can choose not to be. There are plenty of sheeple out there. I'll be the first one to tell you. There's a lot of, lot of stupid fucking people out there who don't want the choice. They've given it away. And to me, that's a stupid decision. You've chosen finality of destruction. You've chosen not to be in a very poor way. By giving someone else your choices, by giving up the ability to choose, to not choose to be self-aware, that is the basis of ignorance. To ignore, to be ignorant, or ignoring thereof. I don't fault people for it, though, because maybe they weren't educated to it. Maybe they were never actually given the choice. What choices have you been given? What choices would you like to be given? How is choice affecting your daily life? How can you change the choices available? These are the questions you should sit down and ask yourself. These are the questions of choice. And choice is a question of everything. Choice is to question everything. Question everything always without reservation. And then make choices based on the information you're given. Because it's okay to be ignorant. It's completely okay. It's not okay to choose to be ignorant. That's not okay. It's okay to be an asshole. It's not okay to choose to be an asshole all the time. You're making choices. People make choices. I chose for a really long time to represent myself as something I wasn't. And sometimes, sometimes you can fake it till you make it. And that usually is a positive methodology for giving it a connotation. We all know how I feel about giving things negative or positive connotations, but for a long time, I chose to be one way when in reality, I, w I wasn't that way at all. I was, I was choosing to provide an air of bravado that didn't exist. That, that was, I've made those types of choices. And I think people do that a lot. So I think the first representation of the conversation about choice when it comes to self-awareness is to be aware of the choice of how you're presenting yourself to the world. I know it sounds a little, little bit more in-depth than some of the other choices I might have just talked about, but when it comes to self-awareness, and specifically when it comes to mental health, that's, that's the choice I think matters most. If I was looking to seek out balance the methodology of Tai Chi, and I was using the diagram I spoke about, Wu Chi is everything that existed before you were given this knowledge, before we had this conversation, even up to this point in the conversation, everything that existed before that, that's Wu Chi. We are now at that. We are at Wu Chi. We are at the before. There is nothing. Nothing exists right now. Now there's a choice. I think that choice should be, 
And again, don't give me the ability of a choice. If you don't think this is the right choice to me, don't make it. I'm not a professional in any way. I'm just a fucking idiot. I'm just talking. You're just listening. We have Uchi. We have everything before this. Now there can be a choice. And that choice creates that dash dotted line. It is a circle. That choice can be to look at how you present yourself to the world when it comes to who you are, what you are, and what you stand for. If we want to go to the, the, the most specific depth of what we can, who are you choosing to be and represent not only to yourself but everyone else? What is it? Who is it? How does it affect things around you? That's the choice you can make. You can choose to look at that representation, that version of you in reality. Once you make that choice to look at yourself in that methodology of self-awareness and mental health, coming from a completely neutral perspective, there's no good, there is no bad. You choose to make that decision. You now have a decision. You've chosen to do it. We have commensuration, we have Tai Chi, we have the beginning, the starting point. Now you may weigh the yin-yang. Now you may weigh the representation of all the different conversations and all the different choices and all the different decisions and all the different shit that came before the Wu Chi. You can look at all of it and you can try to seek out balance because that's what the universe wants probably what you want too. We're always trying to seek balance. Balance is different for everybody though. Balance is part of the depression. My balance is different than your balance. My content, what I'm content to live in, what I'm content to do, my contentness, which is part of my depression, my mental state, my mental health, my mental awareness, that's different than yours. And I can't always understand yours and you can't always understand mine. We can try, but it's uniquely who you are. You can choose to look at it though. And that's what I'm, that's really the ultimate statement that I can make is leave it as Wuchi, everything that existed before this point. Then choose to look at the representation of the reality in which you're existing in and decide what you want to do about it. What other choices can be made? How can you make it better? What can you change? If it comes down to, oh, you really don't like your self-image, or you're like me, you just think you're a fat piece of shit all the time, we can make some choices based on that. We get more choices. That's the beauty behind the weighing of the sides. The beauty behind yin-yang, the balance structures, there's always more choices. That's chaos incarnate. You get more choices after that. There is never a defining definition of a choice. There are defining decisions and moments in time, but there is never a defining choice. That doesn't happen. The decision and the choice are separate. The decision is the finality of choice. That is when destruction of all other options has happened, we are now left with that decision. That is, that's the dotted line circle becoming a solid circle. There's a choice and all other options have now been eliminated due to that choice because it is now a decision. 
That's what a decision is. A decision is to eliminate all other options. If you don't do that, if you make a choice, and there are action, you can go back to the other options. That's, that's when the weighing of sides happens. Decision is the finality. Once the sides have now been measured, we are left with yin-yang. And that was a really big thing for me to grasp. And I, I don't think I've done it enough service or enough justice to hopefully give you some way of using it for yourself. But, well, it wasn't for lack of trying. <laughs> there is always more choices to be made. And the choice you make now to look at yourself can lead to umpteen more choices in the future. That's the point. There's always more choices. We always get to keep making choices. And we can make correlation to those choices. Remember, one time, okay, two times, that's, well, coincidence. Three times is correlation. So if three weeks out of four, you chose not to have dessert on one of the days of the week that you were going to anyway, may correlate into some weight loss to make you feel a little bit better about yourself. Choosing to deal with the emotional state that you're in and not smoke a cigarette three times out of a week might lead to you quitting smoking. Choices have correlation. By the way, I've done both those things. I can tell you they do work anecdotally. I chose to start smoking and I chose to quit smoking cold turkey. Did both. Twice, actually. Sometimes choices don't stick. You just try it again. Correlation, right? There are overarching choices in our lives as well. That's It's such a powerful force. You really shouldn't just like whimsically throw the decisions out the window based on the choices that were made. Like, again, decision and choice are separate pieces. The choices are what really matter. And you get to keep choosing. Every day, there's new choices. Every month, new choices. Every year, new choices. Every second, every minute, every, every time, there's new choices. That is chaos. That is, that is time. Time is choices. So please take some time to look at the choices you've made, the choices you want to be able to make. How can you change things? Do you want to change things? What's the menu of choices that you're left with? Can you, you know, make that better? But remember, you get to make choices. People make choices. What are the choices you want to make? What are the choices you're going to make? They're just choices. Get to keep making them. That's really... Repetition is the mother of all skill. I've said it a bunch of times now. You get to make choices. You never have to stop making choices. You don't have to. You never have to stop doing that. That is a massive piece to self-awareness. A massive piece. A, a, a ginormic, probably the biggest piece I've thought about so far of what mental health really is. It's the realization that choices continuously get to be made. There's no end to it. Just keep making more choices. Keep trying new options. Keep coming up with new conclusions, new decisions, new knowledge, new information. Make better choices. Make, you know, 
and there can be correlation. And that's what we'll get into next time when we talk about change. The choices we make lead to the change, changes that will happen. And you can correlate change by correlating your choices. So come join me next time on uh, episode number nine when we talk about change. Until then, go make some choices. Take care. Thanks for listening. Come check us out at taminghindrances.com for show notes, links, resources, and more. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher, RSS, or your preferred platform. If you leave us a spiffy review, we might just mention it on the show. Now go be awesome. And just remember to breathe.